party and the, and the people of Kilkenny also had a party it was just less cheerful oh excellent that, that's you. Uh, hello everyone we're just waiting for all the social media feeds uh, to, to kick in we're live with uh, HDD, hdb talking leaders with the, with the fantastic um isaac and our, and our guest speaker uh, john, john parry but as i say we're just waiting for the for the for the socials to to, to kick in so, so john in in ireland is sport here's a naive question number 63 is sport a real thing is, is, is it is it is it like the life and blood of the of, of the country it, it, it absolutely is and, and, and obviously GAA uh, it, it is really the life and blood of the, of, of the country in terms of the parish games you know every village has a GAA club and different counties have have sort of particular preferences for playing hurling or, or, or GAA football but obviously soccer and, and rugby sit alongside that and at the moment athletics is, 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 a, is a, a, some, some some really talented uh, Irish athletes at the moment. But I'm, I'm pleased you've asked that question, Max, because it gives me a chance to talk about Ireland being the number one ranked rugby team in the world. Is and it? it's important that Isaac hears that uh, Isaac. and hears it loud and clear. Yeah, so Isaac, why, why would that cause you potential issues, please, Isaac, to hear that uh, Ireland are the number one ranked rugby team, please? Isaac, over to you. Yeah, um, well, so I think so when we meet Ireland in... Uh... November, and that that might be since shifted again um, to where it should be with South Africa number one. <laughs> Looking forward to it, Isaac. Really am. Right, right, gentlemen. We've got a bank of, bank of green light. So, should we should we start this? I, I had to, um, John. I had to pitch myself when I was doing the notes for this 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 morning because uh, Isaac, I, and um, and uh, uh, Mark uh, Mark Campbell from the HDB, uh, we have so much fun with these, and it's not it's meant to be work, but we have so much so much fun, and we meet so many um, interesting uh, people. So, so, John, just before we get going with yourself on HDB talking leaders, um, Isaac, um, great Yorkshire show last week. Wow, that that was that was brilliant, wasn't it? What 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 was, really good fun. what was it? What was your summary on the back of that, please? Really good fun. So just meeting so many inspirational people, uh, all different ages, uh, you know, just chatting about their journey. So yeah, really, really good fun. Uh, and the Great Yorkshire Show. And I've never been to a show quite like it. So um, yeah, can highly recommend the Great Yorkshire Show to everybody. Okay, and just so everyone's aware, what we've done is we've uh, we've already launched out a set of um, of the mini uh, interviews that we did with Isaac and um, and Mark and myself with uh, with some of those inspiring people that that we've met, and we've now set that up as a one long uh, group video, and that's going out tomorrow um, on all of our social media feeds uh, so you'll be able to watch out uh, for us again but yeah no, th thank you to ev everyone at the great Yorkshire show for for inviting us up and uh, yeah make, make sure you watch up for that that catch up uh, video so come on Isaac let's go get on with this um, uh, Isaac tell us all about the HDB and HDB talking leaders please yep so I'm Isaac I'm a knowledge exchange manager uh, for AgriLeader at AHDB and basically we just do all sorts of um content for leadership and management training and, and inspiring people uh, which this talking leaders are part of so get involved uh, you know leadership is for everybody you don't need a title to be a leader get involved in, uh, with AgriLeader um, yeah that's that's basically the plug and uh, we've had some amazing people on 
and we've got some amazing people uh, coming on. So, 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 so no pressure, John. We're going to put, put you down in, in, the, in the amazing category as well. So we're, ne- we're now live on LinkedIn. We're live on uh, Facebook. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Twitter. And uh, you're also uh, potentially hearing us on our um, very much uh, regarded uh, podcast series. And John, if it's okay, I just want to give a bit of background to everyone on, on yourself because we we get this request uh, for, for people on the podcast because they want to know uh, the, the, the details on who we got on. So John is the sixth principal of the Girton College from its inception in 1946. Before relocating to Tipperary, John held various leadership roles in the UK and most recently he was head of Dairy Knowledge Exchange at the AHDB. John managed a national team of staff delivering events and advice to dairy farmers with a specific focus on business improvement and technical performance of dairy farms. Over recent years, John has developed close links with Ireland, working in partnership with a number of key organisations. He studied agriculture at, drumroll, Harper Adams! I went there. Then further developed, Isaac, where did you go to college, by the way? I always forget. Stellenbosch. Stellenbosch, um, yeah, we'll come back to that later. Uh, John, John studied ag at Sir Harper Adams, then further developed his knowledge and skills working on farms across England. Returning to university, John qualified as a teacher and gained a master's in environmental management. He has worked for over 20 years in agricultural education, gaining a wealth of experience in teaching and latterly management of farms, residencies and the wider aspects of college life. John is building on the strength and reputation of Girton Agriculture College. John, John, I love this. In a recent press article, he stated, I knew the moment I first visited Girton, it was a special place, superb facilities and with outstanding staff, a college with a real positive ethos. I'm so proud to become principal at the college and continue the very successful development of the college, enhancing life in our rural communities and providing our students with the best opportunity to fulfill their own goals and potential. John, over to you. Was that a good summary? <laughs> That's an excellent summary. And, and, and I guess what you've immediately discovered is that I'm a man that, that, that has plenty of words. Uh, <laughs> so, 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 so yours and I, Isaac's challenge today is maybe to condense me rather than to encourage me. Oh, oh, oh rubbish. And, and everyone, what, what we've um, looked to get uh, John on uh, to talk about is how do we equip the next generation? Um, and... Again, looking at some of the uh, the research notes that we did, John, what, what I was, I think we're going to allude to it a little bit later, where I was really interested in where you're taking Girton, it's not just um, the, the the current student body and the, and the future student body, but it's also how you you keep motivating, how you gain future members of staff for, for, for Girton, because it makes logical sense, but we quite often don't talk about um, how, how do we train the trainers, uh, because we need individuals like you and your, your colleagues to be able to train this, this future student body to create the success that we're all looking for in the future? Exactly. I mean, it's a, it, it, it feels like we should be focusing 100% on, on the students. But to be able to do that effectively, we need brilliant teachers and, and we need great student welfare officers. And, and actually, you know, we need a, a superb uh, a chef and, and a canteen team and a yeah. housekeeping team because well, all of that impacts their experience when they're at college and, and what we want the students doing when they're at college is is focusing on developing themselves rather than worrying about the quality of a, of a potatoes or you, you, you know any of those other factors that might get in the way really 
Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to use the the the, the rubbish analogy. It's, it's a it's a bit like like a, like a tractor. You you can have have the steering wheel to steer, but you need everything else on it to to work in in union to make the whole whole thing work for for its um uh, for, for for where where you want to wanted to go. So, so John, help me with this one. I was having a debate with a with a client because they're quite frustrated that they've recently advertised for a, a new member of of staff, and and in their own words, that they're not getting the quality. Of people that they were hoping for from the effort, I explained to them that such a shortage of of people out there. Then, then we we segued it into the, the issue of um, not seeing the, the the students coming into in, into the sectors. But as they said, well, other sectors, say like um, engineering or, or media or journalism, they seem to be getting the, the people. Why are we not getting the people in the likes of agriculture and fresh produce? John, how do we attract more students, whether it be for, for your fantastic esteemed college or, or for other universities or for the sectors as, as a whole? And I know it's such a big, big question, but how what what what's the magic dust? I, I don't think there is any magic dust, but I do think it's a really important question because it's everybody's responsibility. It, it Max, it's your responsibility. Isaac, it's your responsibility. And, and yes, you know, me as principal at Gertine, I have some responsibility as well. But it's about trying to portray a very positive and a very uh, uh, bright future for our sector. We are terrible within within agriculture, especially in British agriculture. I have to tell you, as an as, as an immigrant who now lives in Ireland, I, I, I see something slightly different over here. Yeah. Uh, but but you know we're terrible at talking our sector down and talking about you know that it's a difficult future ahead or it's a challenging industry to work in. And if you're 19 and you're very very talented and very ambitious. What's going to attract you to that if, if, if what you hear are stories about the demise or, or the hard work or the challenges that are facing? You know, you, you, we've, we've all got some responsibility to talk about the bright future and, and the important aspects of, of what we do. We feed the world. But, but, you know, here at Gertine, just a couple of days ago, we held an event called Energy and Agriculture. And it was really focusing on agriculture being part of the solution to the climate challenge rather than part of a problem causing the climate challenge. You know, what can we do positively going forward? And I think we've all got to get in that mindset to say, we're the shop window for, for future yeah. talent. Yeah, and, and do and you, what, you, so how is it, just, just let me get this out, because are we not also in the, in the zeitgeist at the moment? Um, what One of my, my other clients said, um, it, we're just so sexy at the moment. Everyone wants fresh food, especially after the, the, the pandemic. Um, and we can all grow that. So why can't we get more of that generation coming in? Isaac? My, my question were kind of similar, you know, this uh, difference in generational gap and you know, today's society is quite, or, or the youngest coming through, there's, there is this, how do we match that up? How do we inspire that, uh, the next generation? Uh, if my maths are right, I think Gertin's just about to uh, have his 75th uh, celebration as a college. So, you know, so keeping the legacy, keeping the history, but also, some, you know, invigorating the next generation and, and drawing them in. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're dead right. We're just about to start celebrating our 75th year in September. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll do that respectfully by looking back and talking about some of our alumni and, and some of the great people that have been through Gertine and what they've gone on to, to, to achieve. 
and, and we won't necessarily always focus on people that have had successful careers in agriculture, yeah. by the way. You know, there, there are people that have been through this college, just like lots of other colleges, which have left the sector. But we'll celebrate those because, because you know, they're, they're still an important part of our, 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 our history there. But in terms, of, in terms of looking forward, I think there's two elements to it. There's certainly an element, and, and this is a conversation that happens regularly in Ireland, and I'm sure it happens in, in the UK as well, about people's background. Uh, and where do they come from? Uh, and this idea that, that maybe 40 years ago, maybe even 20 years ago, was commonplace in agriculture that said, if you want to be a farmer, your mum has to have been a farmer. Yeah. Your dad has to have been a farmer. As if somehow there was a genetic disposition to yeah. be able to drive a tractor. I mean, yeah. I mean, let me absolutely assure you, as a professional teacher, there is no genetic disposition to the skills of driving a tractor. Farmers' daughters can be very skilled tractor drivers. Farmers' sons can be rubbish tractor drivers. <laughs> I can I can vouch for that. And any any previous boss on farm will tell you. And even though I came from a farm, I'm an absolute rubbish tractor driver. Many a dent and many a uh, gate. And the flip side of that, obviously, but let's get it out there and let's say it really openly. The flip side of that is that accountants' daughters can be very very skilled herds people and they can look after sheep better than many and, and and a hairdresser's son can be a fantastic tractor driver so so you know the point that i'm trying to make is what your parents did does not need to be the determining factor of what you're going to be if what what we're looking for at gertine what the industry is looking for is passion yeah. And if you're passionate about cows, if you're passionate about sheep, if you're passionate about tractors, then we need to make space for those individuals, no matter what their background. So, so, so here's a question. If we've got half, half a dozen um, students aged, I don't know, 18, 19, 20, and they're potentially going to go to university or they want to go down the apprenticeship uh, route or they just want to go straight into industry, um, how do we turn their heads if they're not already in agriculture to see that this is such a, a, a fantastic sector to 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 get to get to get involved with Isaac go on you, you go first it'd be lovely to hear uh, hear your thoughts with your UK and your your South African background I, I would say it definitely is down to you know um, I know meat businesswoman has got a, a great slogan she looks like me and it's that said it doesn't what you know exactly what John had recently said and celebrating that that um, uh, you know the great um, career you can have in agriculture I must say I agree certainly being from South Africa, it's, it's much more a, a thing to do. So, you know, farming is something to look up, and in the UK, we we don't always have that. So I think it is it is down to us as an industry to really talk up and show. You know, it's not just about uh, shoveling the proverbial. There's so many jobs in tech and you know, oh, all yeah. sorts of exciting areas, and and I think it's showcasing that yeah. um, as part of of all of our jobs. Thank you, John. I, I, I would agree. And, and I think it's about focusing on the positive, isn't it? I mean, there are so many great things about our sector. It, it, you know, we manage the environment, we produce nutritious and healthy food. But if you think about it from a, from a working perspective, if you enjoy being outside, if you enjoy the challenge of, of, of you know, a different type of task, every few hours and a different uh, problem facing you going forward and, and you're you're somebody that has the skill to be able to mix and match that this industry is fantastic for for, for people that have that type of mindset 
and, and I suppose, Jess, we, we've just got to, we've got to bat, bat above our, where, where we've been previously. I, I always think of the example of um, cereals. Um, so, so, John, you obviously know, know, know cereals and, yeah. um, and uh, um, Isaac and his AHDB colleagues um, are often there. I think, I think it was four or five years ago that it was bought out by a, uh, a new company, which is French-owned. And when the French owners came to see cereals the, the, the first time before they took on the management of it, apparently they were they're very surprised that there wasn't the, um, the, the UK prime minister uh, coming along to visit because they're a in, in France, um, the, it is the done, done thing that the uh, the, the, the French um, president uh, come, comes along because obviously France is a, is a very uh, rural population and there's a lot of empathy towards um, agriculture there. Whilst here in the UK um, specifically, we, we were more urbanised and so we don't have that um, perhaps that 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 weight of positive public opinion from from the public is potentially getting getting better and also there's just this, this money factor of the likes of say engineering engineering every year does this great showcase of um, they get the um, attractive young man attractive young, young lady with a hard hat on um, at Rolls Royce engines uh, waxing lyrical about how um, it, it was the best thing they ever did to come into in, into engineering and the press picked that up and it's all over the BBC and ITV and then and then um, John, as he sort of mentioned, we're always a bit, a bit, um, a bit doom and gloom sometimes about our sector. So yeah, just I think I think we're definitely turning turn the corner. We we just need to be more positive about it to get more people to come to your college, John, um, and other colleges in the UK, or or just to go straight into in, into industries on our, on an apprenticeship basis, or um, just to, just to try out farming and, and see see if they if they if they like it. John, do you think that's the the, the route to go? That we just got to keep keep that positivity up and, and keep spreading that um, that positive positive message we, we, we definitely have and I, and I think there's a whole range of of, of processes there so so i definitely buy into the, the process that says if you can't see it you can't be it so so we need people from a variety of backgrounds to join our sector and we need people with, with diverse backgrounds to join our sector and we need to be very proud of that and very open about that and but but i do also think that we've got to be positive about the opportunities that exist within the sector so when i'm talking to young people uh i i'm on that they tend to be focused about what's the, what's the opportunity next year or what's the opportunity in two years time and and, and as a as a as a mid 50 year old i i i tend to be thinking about longer term scales you know because because i've got that yeah, reflection yeah. available but when they're 19 they're saying well what can i do with this qualification next year and, yeah. and the honest truth is the industry is crying out for 20 year olds who have the skill and ability and there is good money to be earned for a 20 year old yep. so 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 if, if there are young people out there or parents of young people out there thinking what does that hold the, the first rung on the ladder is a very very positive step for these people there's good yeah. jobs and good money yeah. to be earned and, and just, just to give a bit of an insight sorry i said just get a bit of an insight from, from from my my side some other broadcasts that we've done with it with investors uh, into ag they stated that uh, at the last recession um all of the funds ran into agriculture in the uk and globally started investing in farmland because they saw it as a safe haven the same thing is happening now on the back of the pandemic and the, and the perceived um re recession that we may or may not have but those funds are investing in farmland, but also the tech that's involved. Um, we, we had a recent call with a, um, a fund um, who, who were exasperated because one of their partners has 500 million um, sterling to invest into agriculture and ag tech, but can't find a target. So if they can find a target, 
John Isaac, can you imagine the, the opportunities, yeah. um, John, for some of your students to get, get involved, involved with, with that? Um, and you could just see that at Lights of Cereals and, um, and Groundswell, um, all of this new tech that, that's coming through. So, so John, completely agree with you. It's If you want to milk cows, brilliant. There's enough technology going on there. Uh, but if you want to get into carbon capture, uh, ro ro robotics, uh, data analysis, there's, there's, there's so much happening, even more so than standard engineering. Isaac. Yeah, no, I can't agree more. And it's there. It's not just about um, the traditional jobs. There's so much more going on. And and uh, uh, John, just coming back back to yourself, students. So you'll know you'll know students. You'll be you'll be able to pick out a good one from a from a from a bad one. Um, is there such a thing as an average student? Do, do do you find that your you and your colleagues your time gets weighted with those high performing students or the, those that that might be we've all been slightly broken and we've always needed someone like you Isaac or you John to, to, to give us a steer. How, how does it work with your with, with your students? Do you, do you major on on the, those ends of the spectrum and sort of not not ignore the middle, the, the, the average? Or how, how do you work? That's, and it's a fantastic question and it's very tempting to, to, to spend a, a disproportionate amount of time on the top five percent or, or maybe you know the, the, the troublesome ones the ones that are a little bit cheeky in the corridor or, or, or those sorts of things but but my experience says that that actually everybody deserves our attention and everybody deserves an equal amount of our effort um, People develop at different stages and they develop at different speeds and, 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 and cheeky girls at 19 may well develop at 30 to be fantastic chief executives and, and, and you know, the very brightest young man may well end up milking cows and driving tractors and I don't mean that in a disparaging way but 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 actually maybe that's where they're most comfortable and yeah. they're happiest so as a as a professional teacher and as a college we've got to be very careful that we give everybody the same opportunity and we recognize that everybody develops at their own pace and in their own time the the the, the core thing about college is that people are growing up and developing and it's not just about having the skills to put cups on cows or having the skills to, to drive a quad bike it's all those other human skills that come along with it it's about it's about understanding that when i'm stood at the bar i don't have to agree with everybody that stood around me yeah but to be a reasonable human being i've got to be able to enter discourse with them i've got to be able to have that conversation with them and, and, and that's part of the process that, that we're hoping we're developing in our students, you know, yes, we're going to give them skills to drive quad bikes, but we hope we're going to expose them to much more than that. We're going to take them to places they haven't been to before. We're going to introduce them to people they would not have previously met. And we're going to model good behavior for them. Yeah. We're going to model what it looks like to be a reasonable human being and, and a sensible adult. And, and, and that's a very important skill. And that skill exists in our caretaker just as much as it exists in our teacher. Wow. Because wow. it has to, doesn't it? They have to be able to see that. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've never heard that, that, that type of analogy before, but I love it. About I, I just get the, the sense from you, John, that you walk the floor. You, you know, ev everyone um, throughout the throughout the whole whole campus, and you treat um, ev every everyone accordingly. And, and just coming back to that bit about the when I was at Harper on the, when, on the day I left, my college teacher said to me that uh, Max coming here was ninety percent learning about life and ten percent work. And um, he sort of thought, well, why didn't you tell me that one on the day I started? But yeah, we've just been in the bar the whole, whole time. But he was he was dead right. It's, it's just learning that interaction uh, with, with with people. And I, I 
I wouldn't be doing what I, I'm doing now if it wasn't for, for, for the experiences that, that we've gained. But it, it sounds like you got, have, have, have you formalized it, uh, John? Have you got like, a, I don't know, a masterclass, a campus masterclass in, in, in place? So we, 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 we sort of have a, a plan in place, uh, you know, in, in terms of how we're trying to deal with that process and, and we're trying to help everybody develop. But, but we also recognize that we're dealing with individual human beings. So, so, so you, I'm a great believer in you can't have a single plan and say everybody has to fit into this box. And if you don't fit into this box, it doesn't work. We're a very open campus. We're a, we're a very uh, uh, egalitarian in that process, you know, but, but really what we're trying to say to our students is everybody's welcome. Everybody's view should be heard and everybody has uh, uh, the opportunity to develop and to grow in a way that best suits them in terms of a process. So we're, we're trying to make sure that we give that broad opportunity when we can. Okay. And John, you, you, go on, sorry, so talk, talking about some plans, um, you obviously said um, you, you're starting to celebrate the, the great legacy of Gertie in, in September. You've got all of that to, to reflect on. Um, but in, yourself, in, in, in 10 odd years time, you said my 50s uh, now. So you know, what legacy do you want to leave? What's the kind of grand plan for Gertin in the future um, to make sure you know, it's there for another 75 years and, and fit for purpose? What is yeah. the, bigger, the bigger picture plan? Yeah, that's a great question, Isaac. And, and, and it's, it's one which consumes a lot of my time. Maybe not enough. Sometimes I get dragged into the day job, you know, and I, and I start thinking about some operational issues. But when I first arrived, when I emigrated from the UK three years ago and I first arrived here, the, the board of governors at the college were very clear that, that they wanted a new strategic plan and they wanted to have a, a, a sort of, you know, a destination set effectively. So we spent a little bit of time in my first year. We, we chatted to ex-students, we chatted to current students, we chatted to staff, we talked to industry leaders and we said, you know, what is it? Where are we trying to get to? And we've We've set an ambition. We've got a strategic plan. It's a written document. Uh, you, people shouldn't necessarily be too worried about that. It's got 25 objectives in it. So it's not a huge document, but, but we've set a strategic plan. And honestly, there's three or four of those objectives which outweigh the others, that, that are more important than the others. And it's about setting the destination. I'm not too worried about the exact route we take to get to that destination. You know, whether we turn left or right at the crossroads is, is less important to me than we're all heading in the same direction. And, yeah. uh, and we know where we're trying roughly to get to. Don't be too precise, don't be too worried about it. But, but importantly, I share that with parents, I share that with every member of staff, with people who are applying for a job here. It would be one of the things we would do. We'd talk wow. about the strategic plan and we'd talk about our ambition as a college of where we think we want to get to. We have to be realistic enough to say we're going to be flexible because events might happen out there and, and the environment might change. But our ambition is to grow, to develop the number of courses, to expand uh, the, the, the range of offering here at the college. And, and there's lots of things that need to run alongside that. But, but having the vision to say this is this is where we're trying to we're trying to get to. This is this is our, our long term ambition, I think, is really important as a leader to be able to have that as a reference point. When, when people knock on my door with an idea, one of the questions I'm asking them is, how does that fit into the plan? How does that idea contribute towards on, towards the journey we're all we're all embarking on? 
in, yeah. in terms of that. Yeah. John, Isaac, I love that. There's, a, there's someone uses a, an emotive phrase, the golden thread. John, you created this golden thread and you've all got your hand on it and, and you're all going to, the, to this the, this hallowed place um, of, of success, whatever that, that looks like. But um, um, yeah, every time someone comes into the into the, the, the office and says, oh, I've got this idea, John. Yeah, but is it part, is it going to take it? Is it going to be part of our golden thread? Is it going to the right direction? And, and sorry to talk um, over the past, but we can learn from them. If you look at the likes of the, of the UK um, establishments that's uh, amazing establishments like the Shuttleworth and um, and Seal Hay that are no longer with us and I, I fear they're no longer with us because they just didn't see they didn't want to adapt and they didn't have the the right leadership job like, like, like yourself in, in place and if you then look at the likes of Harper, Reading, Newcastle, Rittle, they can all see that they've got to adapt um, and John help me on this one one reason that have that uh, th those um, educational establishments has succeeded is through collaboration. When I was at Harper, I don't think there was a there was a huge amount of collaboration with with industry and government, but there definitely de de does seem to be now with those those yeah. named educational establishments. Do you think that's on uh, that that's part of the, the success on that golden thread to collaborate with with business with with, with government? Is that is that going to be essential for for yourself and your college? It, it definitely is. So you know. I, I, I'm very familiar with those establishments you're talking about. We're, we're not we're not in the same scale as as, as any of those, and, and that's why for Gertine partnerships are vital because we are a relatively small organisation. I mean, we're a big college in Ireland, but we're still a relatively small organisation. We can't achieve our ambitions on our own. We don't have the scale. We don't have the resources to do it. So what we need to do is we need to pull upon all of our friends and all of our connections to help us do that and some of those friends and connections are nothing to do with agriculture some of those friends and connections work in other sectors but if if everybody feels an allegiance to helping gertine and can feel that gertine is is, a, is an organization worth being associated with and worth supporting then those partnerships will, will bring us along the way sort of thing so myself and my senior colleagues we spend quite a lot of time networking talking to other people I, I, i'm really trying to make sure that we've got connections there we, we hope that we can bring something to their businesses but we're absolutely clear that they can bring something to our business as well so, so let's use this as, a, as an open platform. If you're looking for future collaborations, John, uh, what, what are you looking for? What, what, would, uh, what would success look like, please? So, so, so for us, success is something which, which, which is relatively easy measured because it's ultimately about do we, do we end up in, in a future iteration with, with a, a, a bigger student base and a more secure student base? And if that partnership means that we, we want to work with, and I, I can't think of an example, but maybe it would be a biotech company yep. and, and you'd sort of think, well, okay, biotech, how does that directly relate to agriculture? So some of those biotech companies are, are, are perhaps looking for novel places to, to test out products and, 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 and these sorts of things. A, a better example might be I've recently been talking to a, uh, a postdoctoral researcher and his his research specialism is uh, polymers chemistry polymers and and this is way way out of my comfort zone i i, I failed o level chemistry you know so, oh, so 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 this is definitely this is definitely not something that i've got experience of but when we walk around the farm and we walk around the campus these academics are pointing at things going well, what do you use that for well that's really interesting isn't it and 
why do you make that a stainless steel? Why have you never thought about? And I'm going, look, guys, I just buy that. I don't make it. I just, you know, I just went to a, went to the store and bought that product, yeah. sort of thing, you know. But but for them, that cross pollination of just being outside of their normal place, you know, seeing shit and silage and 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 corn and cows and tractors was a real eye opener for them. And equally, those partnerships, they might not go anywhere, but they may well. Be, be, a, be a new thread in, in that process, mightn't they? It might be. Just, just segueing back, I, I felt my uh, B-Tech chemistry, if you remember B-Tech, and my father's a doctor of biochemistry and he gave up on me <laughs> on the day that, 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 that came through. Just, just on this, this collaboration bit, just to pull on, pull on that, on some of the experiences that we've had, we, we all know there's a shortage of good people out there. So, so um, if, you, if you're looking for good people for your business, grow your own. Talk to the likes of John because the, the, his students will be looking for placement years or and um, for, for employment um, when, when they finish at, at, at Gertine. Um, and if you get a, a younger individual in, especially as a placement year, and you sponsor them to do a thesis on your company on a particular subject, you've, you've in effect got a free research um, study being done for you or, or at, a, at, a, at a minimal cost. And then you can see if that, that, um, that individual is good and then bring them into your business and, and train them up and motivate them. I've seen so many uh, successful businesses with um, MDs and, and chairmen who started off with the business on a, on, a, on a placement year basis. And likewise, John, as, it, as you intimated with that polymer uh, example, for businesses um, who got the money but don't have the resource to use your intellect, John, within, within your um, uh, college community to find solutions um, that could be groundbreaking uh, for, for for yourself and um, and and the, and the business in question would be would be beyond amazing. So, so John, I'm putting words in your mouth. You'd, you'd love to see more collaborations coming to you. More more collaboration. And if I go back to one of those points you were making there, Max. So uh, and and Isaac will be familiar with this example, but 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 I I'm a great fan of a master's program that runs at UCD, the U University College Dublin, uh, and that master's program sends students out on on short placements and may do project work and 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 here at Gertine we've we've got three four of those postgraduate students who've done master's programs now employed by us some of the most talented and enthusiastic young teachers that we've got you know but but they came to us because they had an opportunity to do a short project with us and, and, and they 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 understood a little bit about the culture and the ethos at the college and they like what they saw. So, so, so that piece about inviting people in and giving them an opportunity definitely works. I can absolutely vouch for it. By the way, Max, it creates a challenge because now I've got some very, very powerful, you know, young professional people working in the organisation and it's a small organisation. And, and all of those people are, are trying to map where they might fit into that in the future. Yeah. Yep. So, so, so to hold on to all of those people, we've either got to grow or we've got to show them opportunities outside our business. Yeah, but, that, but, but surely we've, that's we've had some, we've had some great uh, students from UCD sending AHDB, and and you know the, the their understanding and the perspective they bring on on knowledge exchange that that's been really insightful um, and getting that fresh perspective. What you know, so you've you've been head of knowledge exchange for dairy. Uh, and now back in education, what do you think is that overlaps? What and what are the lessons each of those two um, uh, disciplines can learn from each other? Extension and, and knowledge exchange and education. Yeah, I, I, great, great question, Isaac. And for me, 
it, it could be even wider than that because honestly, you know, we've got a we've got a 420 hectare farm here, so so we we can add in the the, the, the production aspects of agriculture, or we can add in the canteen where we've got chefs and whatever, because all of those things sound like they're technical businesses, but actually all of those things are people businesses. You, you, you know, to run those businesses really successfully, we need good people and we need good communications and we need honest and open, frank conversations. And we don't need the same people. We, we, we need people with a range of skills, a range of experiences, a range of ages, a range of backgrounds. That's where our strength really comes from in, in, in terms of that process. So, so definitely my experience within knowledge exchange would be forget about the technical pieces, you, you, you know, we, we, we can learn that and we can pick that up if we really want to know something very specific about E. coli bacteria. We've all got the skills to be able to, to read and understand that. The, 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 the pieces which are much more difficult is to find people who can talk with passion and enthusiasm and share that passion and enthusiasm. So, so that's what we're looking for in our business. We're, we're not necessarily looking for, for people who are identikits of each other. We're looking for people who are real individuals with passion and can bring something which is a little bit different to what we've got at the moment. Yeah. I've just said, uh, um, John, I've just had a WhatsApp in uh, from, from a contact of mine. He said, uh, Max, I went to Gertine in, in, in the 90s. It was the best years of my life until I met my second wife. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll leave, leave that one there. Um, politics. Um, within Holland, and I've said this so many times before on uh, various broadcasts, in Holland, they've, they've, John Isaac, they've got it bossed. They've got government. They've got industry and they've got education. And they've got this great symbiotic relationship and they call it the Dutch diamond. And I keep on bagging on about this within, within the UK. Um, and we don't seem to have it within the UK of government liaising with industry, liaising with, um, with, with their education. There's a, there's a bit of a disconnect. And I can let everyone work out where we think the disconnect is at the moment. What's it like in Ireland? Do, do you have good relationships with, with government as well as industry, John? So, so it's a, again, fantastic question. And I'm sure most people in the agricultural sector in the UK will have heard of Chogas, but, but Chogas is effectively the, the, the sort of public body within Ireland, uh, which is responsible for agricultural education, agricultural research, and agricultural knowledge exchange. So, so it's it's unique in Western Europe, actually, in terms of it has all three of those strands running through it. So Chagas have this responsibility across across Ireland for education, for research, and for knowledge exchange. So Chagas as an organisation is a very, very powerful organisation. Uh, we deliver courses on behalf of Chagas, so we're a partner college of, of Chagas, and I'm, I'm very proud of that, and, and they help us untold in terms of being able to, to offer us technical and, and, and uh, professional advice in terms of that process. So my, my experience as, as a Brit who, who, who emigrated and came across to Ireland is that it's in a much better place. The sector, the way it's structured, the way it's organised is in a much better place than, than the, the UK sector was wow. when I left. I'm not saying it's perfect, no, no, no. but 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 you know there are some real benefits there in terms of it. And, and then Max, the other thing is just about uh, about sort of social scale and impact. Ireland is a smaller country, and agriculture is a bigger part of a GDP. So yeah. so politically, it does have more influence than it would do in the UK, and that that's just about the number of votes associated with the industry, yeah. isn't it?
Yeah, can, can you just show off what, about what you were talking about in our green room about the visitation that you had uh, recently? From, yeah, uh, from... so so here at Gertine on Tuesday, actually, we ran an event called Energy and Agriculture, it, uh, talking about partners, you know, so it's not a Gertine event, it's a partnership event. There's three, four, five other organisations involved in helping deliver that. So that's important. We, we recognise that we wouldn't be able to do it on our own. But, it, but we ended up with, with a really very, very powerful panel of guest speakers. So we had Minister of Agriculture, uh, we had a, a Minister of State within the Department of Food and Environment, and then we had the Minister of Environment. And they were all on stage at the same time having a debate about climate change and about the impact of agriculture on climate change. And, yeah. and, and for us, being able to attract those people and for that to make the six o'clock news and the nine o'clock wow. news on RT wow. that evening evening is is really important forget what they said and forget about <laughs> your political views it's about creating the yeah. space and the opportunity to have that conversation and that's the powerful piece that i think you know we can all bring to that to, to be willing to listen and to learn from each other in terms of that process yeah you uh, john you must have been so proud to have had that uh, brilliant uh, th 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 those, those individuals there i'm just <laughs> I, don't know, I just had another whatsapp in um that's uh, uh, Max. I, I was also at Gertine in, in, in the nineties. So this is from a, a major leader of an agricultural business in the in the UK, who I won't name for reasons you'll find out. So uh, I was at Gertine in the in the nineties. I had the time of my life. I'd love to come back and to to help help the college and, and help John. But could I have immunity for the library books I didn't return at the end end of <laughs> end of the course? John, John, could you could you organise that, please? I, I, I'm, I'm better than that for that individual. I, I'll take him to the glue pot and we'll have a pint together. <laughs> the glue pot is the local bar and i'm sure there's already memories flooding through that individual's mind now excellent, oh, we'll, excellent. we'll wait we'll wait for the response on that one uh, jess we're just starting to uh, run out of time john, john there's, there's a there's a couple of things I, I i i love you and i love your your smile i could just be i imagine being associated with you as a, as a colleague or, or a student everyone's is, is just going to be feel very positive with you because you, you've got positivity about you are you positive about the future with, with everything going on, with all the trials and tribulations that we've got, with all the rising costs that we've got, all the pressures that we've got on, on, the, on the farming sectors, are, are you positive about the future, John? I'm actually super positive about the future. And, and the reason for that is that pressure, generally speaking, brings change, doesn't it? And we're, the, our sector and our industry is going through a period of pressure at the moment. And, and that's going to bring change. But, but change is really just opportunity, isn't it? So, so the, the fundamental thing that I'm really, uh, really excited about and very positive about is that I can see that in the next five or 10 years, our industry is going to go through some transformational change. And, and, and that means that there are huge opportunities for people entering the industry uh, in, in terms of that. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that what we're currently doing is terrible and I'm not saying that we won't still have cows or tillage or, or whatever it is. But what I'm saying is because of that economic situation that we find ourselves, we all understand what's happening in the Ukraine and the, and the terrible things that the people of the Ukraine are having to go through. But we all understand the macroeconomics of what that's doing as well. And the impact of some of those things are going to drive change quicker through our sector, aren't they? Yeah. And that creates opportunity. Yeah, um, we, we did a, a broadcast about a year ago with, uh, with South Africa in the, in the middle of everything. And there was an amazing buyer, a lovely lady uh, from uh, Fresh Pick. Um, and as she said, I don't 
think it's politically correct, but um, I still use it because I think it's great. Never waste a crisis. And if you think of all the all the, uh, the the scenarios, the situations that we've all seen in agriculture, and everyone has has come up and created the, the solution of anything. It's made the sector um, even better. So John, that's why we need people like, like yourself and your colleagues that are getting to, to create these solutions that we need to, oh, being jingoistic, but being, being completely um, completely valid to, to, to feed the world. Yeah, I, I said, go, go on, John, go on, John. Well, I was just gonna say, you know, uh, it, we, 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 I am not gonna create the solutions, but, but together we might, help find those solutions mightn't we you know so so it's, it's again it's that partnership thing it's about being open and being curious and having that conversation with the polymer scientist and going what, what does that mean and how might it relate to agriculture or or, or speaking to a uh, an astrophysicist and going well that's very different to what i do but actually where's the connection there in in terms of a process and and by the way not just scientists i was reading a fascinating piece recently uh, uh, about the inter interface between art and science and and, and 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 you know actually sometimes the most insightful conversations as a scientist you can have is to go and ask an artist a question because because yeah. they'll, they'll answer it but they'll answer it using different language with of a different perspective and that might just be the thing we need a, you know to look at this in a slightly yeah. different way fantastic uh, isaac would you like to wrap up for us yes and uh, it's been been a fascinating conversation with with john so my last final question is what's the thing that's uh where your biggest surprise one thing your biggest surprise moving over to ireland work or cultural uh so so, so i i would say that the, the the biggest shock for me probably is is that piece around um the the same language but different meanings so so you, you know words that i would be familiar with to, to, to use but but people don't quite get when when you're in ireland and vice versa and and if you'll forgive me i'll give you a couple of examples and almost inevitably they're, they're agricultural examples you, you, you know and as soon as i open my mouth in a group of farmers they know obviously they know from my accent but they know from the words that i use but that, that, that i i come from a different cultural background than them because i talk about uh, uh drilling corn and and nobody in ireland drills corn they sow corn and, and the machine that goes on the back of a tractor is a sower not a drill. So, 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 you know, again, if, if I could offer a piece of advice to young people, it would be to, to, to go and experience travel and to move around because it, those, those little examples, they really stand you up and make you think about how you communicate, communicate effectively because you've yeah. immediately got to go, they didn't understand the word drill. How did they yeah, not yeah, understand yeah. the word drill? Okay. Yeah. 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 Excellent. So, 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 James, we've got a slight problem. The, the chap I talked about who was asking if he could have immunity <laughs> on his library books from your college, he's in a WhatsApp group with 32 previous. Uh. <laughs> and they, they've all, they're all requesting immunity, but they'll buy you the drinks, John. Very good. <laughs> so that's it. Um, and just before. Just before we, we wrap up, uh, we seem to have a student who's also been in contact. Um, John, talk to us about your extensive trouser collection and what colour trousers are you, wear are you wearing today, please? <laughs> Fantastic. So I'm afraid I'm wearing some some fairly boring uh, beige chinos today, but but I, I do I do have a bit of a reputation for for brightly coloured trousers and, and and reds and pinks and greens and blues uh, are, are fairly a fairly common sight uh, across across the Gertie campus. Yeah, yeah, and and it's really interesting because students almost never 
speak to me face to face about that but i do i do receive comments third hand about third it hand, surprisingly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what color trousers were you wearing on uh, national tv the other day uh so i was wearing red yeah oh, bright oh, red. fantastic excellent yeah. absolutely <laughs> excellent uh, john thank you very much anything that we could do to it right. to, to, to assist you and your and your colleagues uh, get in it's uh I'd love to come and visit and film if, if that's okay. You'd, you'd, you'd be very there. welcome. You really would. I mean, and, and honestly, Tipperary is a fantastic county right in the heart of Ireland, and the people are so friendly. I mean, it's just a brilliant place to be based. Excellent. Isaac, we've got to do that. You, me, and Mark, we're, we're going to go, go out there and have, have, have a good visit. Excellent. South Africa, South Africa is playing Ireland uh, on the 5th of November, so I might have to send, go via. Uh, and Gertine and have a pint of uh, St Guinness in the glue pots and on the way to the rugby. Excellent. You're very welcome. John, thank you. <laughs> as long as Ireland win, of course, you, Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll, we'll get that organised. John, th thank you. Isaac, thank you. This, that was a, another broadcast from the AHDB uh, talk, Talking Leaders. Um, as we said at, uh, at, at, the, at the warm up, look out for the great Yorkshire show uh, wrap up. Um, John, uh, we hopefully it'd be amazing to come out to Tipperary with the AHDB team to, to film you. Let, let's see if we can get that set up for later this year or early in the new year. John, Isaac, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Bye now. Thanks, John. Bye bye.